to the Sage Hill Podcast on Addiction with Dr. Chip Dodd and Phil Herndon. This is a new weekly podcast recorded at the Center for Professional Excellence. Hey everybody, welcome back in the Sage Hill Podcast. This is uh, Phil Herndon, I'm along with Chip Dodd. Hello afternoon, Chip. Afternoon, Phil. It's afternoon, that's right. Yeah. Here in our um, studios, CPE. We uh, Last time we talked a lot about um, kind of framing up a real problem called you know, commonly called burnout, surely just kind of being burnt up, kind of, you know, we talked about and how... Uh, burn, burn, yeah, it's burnout when we're really created to burn up. Uh-huh. To be, to be frankly, a maximum benefit, yeah. Right on. And, maximum um, service. So we talked about how that really quickly becomes uh, making a plan, searching for a purpose, and then uh, finding a passion, and how that just leads to more being burnout. And uh, so I think we framed it up really well. Like so, kind of left, kind of hanging. Like okay, good, all right, good news. <laughs> you know, plan, plan, purpose, passion. So today we're going to talk about um, really six kind of quick things um, that that take a look at how to get what do you call that reoriented. Yeah, I would say truthfully, get, get back to get back to, to, to return to return to. So. Um, Let's just go ahead and kick it off. So we we ended up with like, okay, I'm living this life of uh, plan, purpose, passion, and it just ain't working. Yeah. So now, now what? Yeah, do I, I do, cannot doctor? motivate myself. The tragedy is that it's not really just addiction that takes the professional out of the field or making them continue to look over the fence for that other life. Also, uh, the burnout. Will, will make a person actually leave their calling behind. Mm-hmm. And while their lives may seem better and be more relieved, uh, they're away from what they think of as the pressure. They've also um, left behind a marriage that they were created to stay in or made uh-huh. to stay in. Do you know what I'm yep. saying? Yep. That the solution is often departure when actually it needs to be, could be renewal. Um, in fact, I understand on an anecdotal level and talking to burned out physicians, recovering physicians, and what we think of as just the run of the mill physicians, most of them, many of them are planning on when they can quit within three years after they've actually started, which is, which is not about addiction. It's not about burnout. It's not about just um, the regular, the lack of character or any in the normal physician. It's the the onerous burden and of of being a physician, and at the same time, what society has done to the nobility of the profession mm. in terms of loss of value and respect towards the physician. Mm-hmm. He, he or she is blamed for all kinds of things that they're actually trapped in and powerless over and sometimes even helpless in if they're going to continue in their call. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do, yeah. 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 So this, what we're talking about is, is, yes, it's about recovery from addiction or recovery from burnout, but it's also about keeping keeping hold of or keeping alive the, the call. Um, the, uh, so that's what we're here to talk about today, kind of like underneath the, underneath the numbers of um, assignments and protocols and uh, regulations and demands, what's happening in the heartbeat of the professional or someone with a call 
And we did focus on physicians last time, mm-hmm. but really anyone with a call, the pastor, yeah. the physician, the academician, the person involved in jurisprudence, the inventor, the creator, the entrepreneur who wants to create something um, you know, worth people keeping beyond the dollar bill only. Remember, I'm not against the dollar bill. I, I, I definitely believe that we can and want to and need to make as much money as we can. But money, especially for somebody in a call, is a byproduct of doing what they're made to do. Mm-hmm. So we, we tend to believe that the money will follow. Yeah. Though we do have to, you know, take care of ourselves. So sure. anyway, that's a bit, but So let's let's talk about these six things you and I were talking about to earlier today. The how to's, yeah. right? How do I get back to myself? So uh, this first one, talk about break first word is breaking. Like, yeah, that, that sounds pretty painful. Yes, it, it, yeah, the, and, and this this we talked about underneath the numbers. There's not a list. That we're about to give a list, <laughs> but really, I, I, let's let's think of those in terms of movements mm-hmm. or um, uh, sort of the process. Okay, and and number one is the the breaking and facing. We we really do. There really is a thing called denial, and the breaking of denial, so we can see that there's a real problem. That we can't fix in our with in, with our in ourselves through intellect, willpower, or morality. Mm-hmm. We can't make ourselves better. We can't make ourselves smarter. We can't make ourselves stronger because these people already are. So denial breaks. There's an admission that I have a problem that I cannot fix. I'm powerless over it, and without help, I will not get what I need. So breaking and facing is number one. The admission. Uh, the powerlessness over this thing, and um, my life really is becoming unmanageable. It's uh, climbing the sand hill that sort of tilts backwards or tilts forward as we climb it. It, it, it gets higher and higher and more and more impossible to scale the harder and harder we try. So mm-hmm. it's, about, it's about reaching out, mm-hmm. admitting powerlessness is number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a how-to. That's a thing to do. And man, to... The 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, recognizing that I need help and going to somebody who knows how to help, that's extraordinary. The first beatitude, blessed are those the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It clearly states that there is a doorway at the end of our self-will. Yeah. And it opens for us to, 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 to step into a new world. And if you've ever lived the first beatitude, if you've ever walked into an AA meeting or having a cup of coffee and you've broken through and faced what is really true you know that that is that is literally in and emotionally and relationally the the first step breaking yeah. and facing mm-hmm. then um, number 2 is this whole idea we we dedicate an entire podcast to it and CPE guys will be very familiar with this whole idea of feeling your feelings telling the truth and give it to the process. Yes. Like right after the right after that initial breaking and facing mm-hmm. comes this one. That that really is that is those three things are the the three three primary tools under which are all kinds of subset of tools. You know, it's like uh, feel your feelings is a saw, um, uh, tell the truth is a hammer, and uh, 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 give yourself to the process as a drill. Mm-hmm. Well, there are many kinds of saws, many kinds of, many subsets of hammers detailed according to what's needed. Mm-hmm. But the essential next step when we break and face is to step into created to feel. Second beatitude after the blessed of the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
is blessed are those who mourn mm. because we've looked at where we've been, what we've done, and what's happened, and it's not working. I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm burdened. I'm lonely. I'm sad. I'm hurting. I'm grieving. I'm angry, mm. frustrated. It's a blessed are those who mourn. It's a natural process. So, but feeding your feelings and guys, the voice of the heart, tons of blogs, tons of uh, podcasts on feelings. This is really simple, three movements. Feel your feelings. Those are emotions. They're energy in motion. They're made to uh, be used as tools to allow us to uh, open ourselves back up, to show us around inside ourselves, and also to expand who who we are because we become very, very, very constricted. We become emotionally constricted through addiction, burnout, or just simply just absolutely having ignored our hearts for a long period of time just trying to fit in. And then um, also telling the truth is uh, telling the truth about what's happening inside of us and then giving ourselves to the process. And we talk all the time that God owns the process. Giving yourself to the process means the process of living life on life's terms. Mm -hmm. So feel your feelings, tell the truth, give yourself to the process of living life. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of number two. Break and face, feel Tell the truth, give it the process. Number two. Yes. You know, there, I believe it's Phillips Brooks that said this, um, moving on to number three. He said that preaching is really truth poured through personality. I believe it was him that said that. And then, you know, as we feel feelings, tell the truth, give it to the process, we, we do that. The third one is doing all of that through your story, knowing where you came from, like pouring all of that through who you are, who you've, how you've been molded and influenced and impacted. Isn't that something to say? This isn't just, these aren't just general principles. These are a- accurate principles applied to what's most interesting to us, whether we face it or not, which is our own lives. I mean, we, we've got to learn to pray for ourselves. We've got to learn to listen how do we talk to ourselves. And we need to be able to remember mm-hmm. uh, the story of our lives because that's what we've been living in the skin of our experiences, mm-hmm. you know. So we've got to, to and it's amazing how when we feel our feelings, it also takes us into the area of the brain or into the territory of where we store our stories, long-term memories in the limbic system. The feelings and the long-term memories are sort of like entwined in the limbic system. So when we start to feel our feelings, tell the truth, get to the process, we're doing it through the filter or through the lens of our own experiences. We, we tell our story and the feelings go with it. Even in treatment, one of the things we do to initiate the return to who I am, and for those with a call, the return to the call to live it wiser, more deeply, and, and, and uh, more expertly, but uh, uh, telling your story and the feelings go with it. You actually report much of what you have forgotten. You go discover much of what you've suppressed. And you express so much of what you thought did not matter. Because intellect, self-will, and moral compunction or perfectionism has pushed away mm-hmm. the inconveniences of, of your whole life. Yeah. So the, your story and the feelings that go with it are hugely instrumental. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the... That's the um, Sort of the uh, the cross point or the crux of the matter, mm-hmm. to, that because the, our own stories set us up to awaken to what's next and to what we want to do next, to where we're headed next. Mm-hmm. If you don't know your feelings, you don't know where you are, and if you don't know where you are, then anybody can take you where they want you to go instead of where you're made to go. 
which is tied on to what we're talking about, coming back to the self. Yeah. Getting yourself back. Yes, which is self-identity, self-capacity to explore, and Mm self-express. You know, the six freedoms we talk about, and there's a blog on six freedoms that you can look up if you wish. Mm -hmm. So we through our own story, we feel our feelings, tell the truth, give it to the process, through our own story as a result of our coming out of breaking and facing, as we called it earlier, to the fourth part having to do with uh, gaining confidence in, in the process of recovery. Like, hey, this I'm getting my, my feet under me and kind of this movement from outward compliance or just following the rules into real surrender. Oh, that's, that's a big one. Yeah, it's huge. So breaking and facing. Feel your feelings, tell the truth, give to the process is number two. Number three is is filtered through all of that, filtered through your own story. And number four is that's we say the crux of the matter. There there is a sort of a product that comes out of those first three, and that the person begins to gain confidence, uh, trust in the process of recovery. And confidence literally means loyalty with. That I, I believe in and trust that thing, place, person, experience. Uh, remember in the movie Braveheart, it, it was tragic, but uh, uh, William Wallace had so much confidence that Robert the Bruce was who he knew him to be, who he thought he was, that he said, he'll be here, he'll be here. Now, he wasn't, mm-hmm. but he had, he had that kind of, he had that confidence mm-hmm. and, and trust. Uh, even in the uh, book of Jeremiah, it's, it's, it's blessed is the person who trust in the Lord, whose confidence is in God, their hearts are rooted. It, mm-hmm. it refers to through that confidence, the heart is rooted. So a person at this point, through those first three things, number four, they literally have moved from compliance, sort of just doing what they're told, to heart involvement, surrender. In other words, rendering over that which I've hidden or taken. Surrender doesn't mean defeat. Surrender really means to rejoin. We're rejoining relationship with being known, and we know that good things happen to people who are known yeah. from the inside out because they're available for connection, and connection is the nutrition that gives us strength in this life. Mm-hmm. So we move from uh, compliance to surrender through those first three movements. So that's number four. Yeah, number four. And then which that leads to or opens a gate to um, – this desire to like, I really want to do good. Having established these kind of first four, I'm confident in my recovery. I live with fidelity, um, moving from just compliance because professional people, we you know people that bring their heart to things, we're really good at, at doing what we're told. Get in line, go do this next, get this degree, do this yeah. accomplishment, and get it done. Yeah, that 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 that's one thing that makes the person who is a professional in these programs do extremely well and miss the whole thing. You're right. Or or have the ability once they've broken and facing feeling and and filtering through their story and then start in the process of surrender. These guys literally start to explode Mm -hmm. with, um, frankly put, movement and uh, uh, productivity and discovery. It's amazing. Really Really amazing. Really is. And, and, And really feel a short period of time. Now, we say short period of time, 90 days. But uh, there's scientific evidence to say that you know, the longer the treatment, the better the results. Mm-hmm. You know, because it takes time, especially with people who are so smart, to come to believe and to come to trust again. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. 
So the fifth one growing out of all of that, which is a huge deal, is this a real a real life desire, not just it's a good idea, not just oh maybe, but a real life desire to uh to want to do good, which walks into this territory of gratitude, an arousal yes. of gratitude you've called it before. Yeah, you know, yes. And so number five is that through this process of the first four, number five is that we really have reawakened through being through being given something that we've received, we really do awaken <clears throat> to uh, a desire for action towards the good. In other words, we really do desire to be good people. We mm-hmm. just simply want to be good people. I mean, it's and so simply put, but it's I don't know words that that, that simply make it any more understandable. Um, and it's. It it's so basic because, you know, you've heard so many coaches when 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 kids uh, on teams lose games, uh, they the the coach says you didn't want it or you didn't care or you weren't trying. I don't know anybody who goes out onto the into the arena and and goes out there and doesn't care, even from the standpoint of just complete selfishness. They care for their own face. They care for their own uh-huh. uh, what people gonna say about them. So it's like when coaches say that, it's like kids' hearts desire to matter, to belong. Mm-hmm. They really want to do good, mm-hmm. and they want to be good people. And because children have a sensitivity to that. Now, what's amazing is that Jesus, you know, the disciples said, Jesus, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he got a child in Matthew 18, 2 and 3, got a child in front of him and said, said unless you change— which we cannot make ourselves do mm-hmm. and become, and that only occurs through being revealed. In other words, we can't change ourselves. We have to surrender to change, and that change promises to make us become. Mm-hmm. So unless you change and become like one of these, referring to a child, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And he's describing having faith in the process, and that is wanting to do good. Yes. And we can't make ourselves do it. I'm telling you, it happens for us. Mm-hmm. So the crux is where you get to number... Um, Three, but then the crux is that we start to gain confidence, number four, and we start to truly desire to do good, which finally takes number six. I mean, and Phil, this really happens. Yeah. You know, look, if a person gets a cut and they are, they are reasonably normal human, I mean, they've they've eaten decently, they've got water Uh in them, okay? Uh Um, The blood coagulates, the skin grows back together. A scar forms, I mean, a scab forms that finally sloughs off, scratches off or washes off, which becomes a scar of light or, you know, noticeable or not. And then that scar finally, uh, sometimes, which simply fades away, it's almost unnoticeable. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the skin where there was a cut is stronger than the skin uh, before it. So... There's a process. I mean, there's a process. There's a process. And uh, a person who gets a cut, who attends to the pain of the cut, the process works. So this really is happening. We've seen it for, for I want to say 100 years, but, you know, we've seen it (laughs) in multiple, multiple, multiple ways. So that's number five. And we'll repeat all six of these, Phil, will, very briefly as we close. Yeah. So last one, or at least of the six, uh, this arousal of gratitude, as we've called it, is uh, kind of turns into or leads into an attitude of humility. And uh, I guess the, the major, the primary marker being a willingness to seek forgiveness. 
Yes, and, and, and yeah, the, the number six, that this desire to be a good person really um, arouses uh, the, the, the humility. Um, the well, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth after we've mourned, after we've rediscovered ourselves as human. <clears throat> Numbers of times I've heard doctors say, I really didn't grasp mm-hmm. what it was like to be a physician until I became a patient. Yeah. And when they became a patient, they saw how much they as a physician were missing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so oh, yeah. so this experiencing life on life's terms, surrendering to the process of life, it, it, we become human all over again. We're not God, we can't be God, and uh, we, we really don't want to take the place of God. <laughs> so we really move from humility that, that has gratitude in it to the capacity to be forgiveness seeking, mm-hmm. to 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 be more invested in living fully than being right, yeah. more invested in being good than proving ourselves to others or getting others uh, applause. We've given up the applause to have our life and wind up often being surprised by other people's gratitude for us being available to to them because we're simply living, mm-hmm. simply living. And it, it always reminds me of uh, Micah six eight. This humility um, is uh, lifelong and daily. Uh, Micah 6, 8, the, the prophet or the people were saying, what does the Lord require of you? Or the prophet was saying, what does the Lord require mm-hmm. of you? And the prophet answers through God. He says to seek justice, to seek doing right, take right action, to love mercy, remembering that you want to receive what you also need to give, and you need to be given what, what you want to receive, mm-hmm. that... that uh, I'm always in need of being remembered that I'm human. I'm made out of dust. And then finally, walk humbly with your God. And that is the only way I believe that a person can ever walk humbly is to know that I am being parented uh, by a parent. I am an emissary of a king. I am a servant to a master. I mean, you know, we go through all these things. It's mm-hmm. like like the, the George Washington's horse uh, he loved greatly because George Washington's horse carried him into and through battle after battle after battle, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it, the horse often saved him. Yeah. So, and, and that's called meekness, mm-hmm. being able to be ridden, so to speak. So, and then we, we live. I mean, uh, six movements that are occurring through this, we return to our passion. A willingness to be in pain, capacity to care about something beyond our own comfort. We're doing that for the purpose, if nothing else, the purpose of love. And then the plan is we want more in life than we'll ever get to. And we know that we're participating in life, but we're not the answer to life. And so our plan is is God-sized. We want to live fully, love deeply, and lead well a life worth people uh, taking from or maybe even copying. Uh, uh, not imitating, but saying, I'm attracted to that and I want to go there. So we become people who can leave something behind over time. That's right. So those are the six things. Six things. We run through them. To return to passion, purpose, and plan. To leave behind self-motivation, trying to find a purpose so I can fulfill, excuse me, making a plan, Mm -hmm. trying to find a purpose, and then motivating myself to get it done. Right. That's, That's about just making money. <laughs> Which ain't a bad thing, okay? I, I like money a lot. I'm just saying it's just about making money, yeah. which is a lust. It's just lust. Not enough to have a life. Yeah. 
So breaking and, and facing, as we said, breaking through denial, facing life, and how to do that, feeling our feelings, telling the truth, giving to the process of living. We've got to be poured through our own story, number three, which leads to number four, gaining just a real confidence in the process of recovery and moving from outward compliance to true surrender, walking in that, and uh, which really does kind of pave the way toward uh, desire and a want to do good, to serve, to be of impact, to, to um, practice those things of what it really means to live among other people, which arouses gratitude. And then we get to uh, walk in this attitude of humility, yeah. and willing to seek forgiveness. By the, uh, yeah, that's freedom. Right. So freedom. Sure Pressure's is. off in so many ways. So six real movements, not formula, not lists, not bullet mm-hmm. points, movements. But six of them, so it's a list if you can want to follow it. <laughs> if you want to listen. All right. Well, hey, y'all, thank you very much for listening, and uh, look forward to next time. Thanks, Phil. Thank you, Chip. Yeah.